Hello and welcome back to Glastocast, the unofficial Glastonbury Festival podcast. Welcome back. Uh, it's been, wow, I think we did one of these in 2020 or maybe 2021, but it's been a really, really long time since our last podcast. But we're so excited to be back. The festival is this year. We actually have some excitement. We are through and out the other side, or at least, you know, for the most part, we have festivals to look forward to. I'm here, of course, with the lovely Rob. Oh, how are you doing, Jesse? That's a voice I haven't heard in a long while. I know, it's so good to hear your voice. Oh my God, brilliant. Thank you very much. So much has happened, hasn't it? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. But And Miguel, of course, is here as well. Hey Jesse, hey Rob, and hello everyone. It's really, really good to be back. Amazing. So good to hear both of your voices. Um, I know I've said this already, but obviously it has been a really, really long time. Later on in this episode, we have such a fantastic guest. I'm so excited to speak to him. His name is Captain. Uh, he is the lead booker or head of music at Boomtown. He just knows everything there is to know about amazing bands, past, present and future. So he's going to get us super excited about the lineup and I can't wait to speak to him. I thought we'd you know, start today just by checking in with each other. Like I know we've kind of kept in touch on text and stuff and been somewhat catching up but it's been really good to hear it from you guys like what's new maybe did you go to any festivals last year I know it was still you know some went ahead and some didn't were there any that you managed to get to did anybody go to Worthy Pastures spoiler alert I did I'll talk to them about that in a minute (laughs) Um, but yeah just what's new let's go to you Rob come on I know you've got some big news so yeah, I've got massive news really. So I've I've got a, a son now. Yeah, a little eight month old. He's uh, wiggling about downstairs at the moment, keeping me well occupied. He's brilliant. I absolutely love him to bits. But in terms of music and festivals, I've been well out of the loop. So I've not really kind of done anything like that. It's all been very much family focused for me. So yeah, uh, I think well, if he's eight months old now, so it was probably eighteen months ago we found out something in and around that probably can't be far off the time when we were talking about the the last iteration of Glastonbury which was going to be was it wasn't it and we were talking about podcasts and stuff and then yeah then obviously that changed then that changed for me so yeah honestly since then guys I've I've been massively out the loop so I'll be I'll be certainly looking to hear what you guys are about to to keep me up to date what's been going on oh bless you it's so cute Rob you've Rob has kept this so quiet yeah, he's he, he literally surprised us with this and went. Oh, by the way, this happened. We were like, "What?" <laughs> I know, I know. Well, yes. I, I say I keep. I, obviously, you know, guys know I'm on social media, but I keep it sort of private with regards to that. So yeah, it was a, it was a big surprise for you, and I, I must admit, I did enjoy telling you. <laughs> and, and your reactions were priceless as well. So that was brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yes. he, he's amazing. He is absolutely amazing. And give it, you know, a few years. I'll I'll, I'll make sure he gets this, his first gas and be sooner rather than later. Oh. A few years. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've got kind of other family stuff that's probably going to go on for a while. But uh, I'm just joking. Yeah. I think I think you should just come bring him next year already. I'm... Oh, mate. <laughs> uh, my, if, my, if my rucksack starts wriggling, you'll know why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It'll probably be followed by a, a few phone calls. Over, yeah, so not hand, a very happy mum at home. <laughs> a hand will come out of your bag asking for snacks. Exactly. <laughs> 
Oh, it's so cute. You've got a little mini no, me. I mean, what a, what a thing to come out of the pandemic with. Not that I'm that was the reason, but yeah, so cute. You've got an excuse for not having been to any festivals or any gigs. I'll give you Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. And it, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I've been busy, but yeah. But, but Rob, has, have you continued your DJing project? Oh, do you know what? Every now and again I do. Um, and actually, it's quite funny. My sister bought me a T-shirt that says the original on it. And um, he's got one that says the remix. So I, I try and get him involved. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, he's good. He's, he's going to be the next budding DJ in the family, for sure. We saw a few. Uh, that was one thing in like lockdown one. Rob did a couple of Twitch streams with a few of our Twisto mates with from his Rob is a DJ personality. That's it. DJ, <laughs> DJ, DJ Monica. Um, yeah. So hopefully you'll be bringing that back. And then, yeah, you can get, oh, love you know, to, little yeah. mini me to help you out as soon as he's arrested, That's it. available. And then you guys can come and see us on, uh, on stage somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's a question. If your DJ was going to play at Glastonbury, what stage do you think he'd play at? Your DJ. I mean, if you, sorry, God. Me? You oh, as a DJ. I think, asked me, I think I've asked me this before and I always say Glade because it's, it's sort of my favourite sort of DJ dance arena -y little bit. It's just like the perfect balance there. I absolutely love it. So, yeah, if anyone from Glade's listening. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing is as well that live streams are so locked down one now. Oh, yeah, yeah no. right. I know. It's not <laughs> who, who even anymore. does that still? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All, all, that, all that equipment we bought, I bought and cameras and yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're gathering dust now because people are actually going out again, which, don't get me wrong, is absolutely fantastic. I uh, could not be happier to be to be uh, planning this and doing the podcast, getting ready to go because, you know, it's not far away now, is it? Yeah, it was It was a very, like, professional setup, I have to say, Rob. You know, you and your cameras. <laughs> I, don't and your... Go, I don't do anything by half. <laughs> no, no, it was very good, very good. I loved it. Excellent. Yeah, so that, that's that's me in a nutshell, yeah. Cool. And Miguel, how about you? What have you been up to in the past, God, three years? What's been going on? Well, uh, so much happened and so much didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the most recent change is that I move all the way across London. So now I live from West London. West London. Oh, I don't know how I feel about West that. West London in the West Side. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is a big change, which I, I, I thought I would never do. Uh, it's, it's just a matter because since... Since many, many months, I've been working from home. So we moved closer to my partner's job. So she's been doing like this whole journey during the pandemic, which wasn't great. So now she can walk to work. Now the journey is to go back east to go to some events and to meet our friends. But it's fine. Uh, I'm just excited to be going out again. I haven't done much in terms of festival. I think the first big event uh, I went out is I went to a gig in Alexander Palace. And that was really, really good, actually. It was, uh, it was a Glass Animals. It was a really good welcome back gig. I also went to some festivals. I went to some festivals in Victoria Park, like you always do. And I went to Wide Awake Festival, which was on the first edition. And it was quite interesting uh, to have that new festival and uh, happening again this year. So probably going to be going there. But I, I guess this, in terms of live music, uh, of course, uh, we're going to jump into this. I also went to Worthy Pastures and that was very interesting. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about that because I know that you went. Um, and obviously, like, I don't want to spend too long on that in this episode because, you know, I think we all saw the website. We all knew what it was. And, and you know, I think anybody Glasto obsessed would have, if they didn't go, they would have sort of known that it was, I, I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see just a camping <laughs> situation yes but yeah I, I went as well and I, I really enjoyed it like I, I really do hope that 
in fallow years of the future. Obviously, I'm hoping that there's not a fallow year for a long time now, but that, you know, the next time they have a fallow year, I think it would be really nice to have that campsite back again. Um, you know, for a Glasgow nerd like me, it was so nice to go and explore the pyramid and like walk up to the stone circle. And there was, there was nice things to do, good food, the tents were lovely. But the only thing, and I think, Miguel, you're probably going to agree with me, but the only thing that was sort of missing for me was like even a tiny bit of live music. Yeah. I'm not talking about full on, you know, I'm not talking about Coldplay playing to like 200 people, but, um, you know, not that I would like that anyway. We all know how I feel about Coldplay. Um, but just some like local Somerset bands or something, or even like karaoke. The the one thing I know it was, I think, licensing and also, you know, the hype around Glastonbury. Like, of course, if they said there was going to be some bands, people would go, oh, my God, I should get a ticket because someone big will play. But yeah, it, it, it had a distinct lack of music is all I'm saying. Is that in the evenings when you were going to the Goose Hall bar and having a pint, it just felt a bit like, Oh, it'd be really good if there was a bit of music now. But how how did you feel about it, Miguel? Yeah, I think I think it's it's exactly what you said. I think when they announced there was this question, how's this gonna work? Uh, even though they are saying it's family camping, it's not really gonna be family camping, right? People are gonna go there and I don't know, go wild. Uh, I think I at least <laughs> I I had this feeling. But when you get there, it was exactly what they they promised it was going to be, and it and it was still amazing. Of course, it was a great opportunity to 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 experience the farm in a different capacity. Uh, I went with my partner, who's never been to Glastonbury, so and now, of course, she's she's going in June, so she's going to have this experience right at, right away on her first edition. Are you uh, going to make sure she listens to the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'd be suggestive, but I, I, I don't I don't think she has ever listened. I she said, I'm just going to be with you. I don't need to listen to any podcast. Just All right, okay. <laughs> Which fair enough. <laughs> and, and of course, when we were there walking around uh, uh, Worthy Pastors, uh, it was quite fun. I think on the beginning, it, because you get dropped right in the middle, it, it, took, it took me a while to find my bearings. Oh, wait, this empty field is the glade? <laughs> Mm. Oh, is that because all, all of your normal like reference points were missing? Exactly, exactly. So it took me a while to kind of understand everything. And then, of course, I was pointing, oh, this is where this happened. This is where this always happens. Uh, Did you go to the areas you knew would be backstage? Uh, yeah, I, I wonder. That's a, that's a good question. I, I, I wish I had thought of that when I was there. Am I backstage somewhere right now? <laughs> uh, did you do any any other activities? I, I kept looking at the bean painting, but then everyone was just so amazing, like from the kids and to the adults, and like I'm not gonna get a bean and do stickmans. <laughs> yeah bin painting was the only workshop that I actually properly did um but as you say like I was like yeah this is right up my alley I'm going to be amazing my bin is going to be beautiful but you start and I'm like god where did my GCSE <laughs> art go <laughs> I am rubbish um but no it was good fun anyway and Hank the bin as he's affectionately known yeah. as in you know, Hank, the guy who's always been in charge of the bin painting for years at Glastonbury. He was brilliant. Like just sitting in his vicinity and hearing his stories was nice enough for me while I was attempting to to, to paint this bin in a, in a bad fashion. Will your bin make it to the festival or is that... Uh... No, they did say... Nah. They did, I, I thought that, but they did say that it will be used for worthy pastures, but then they're going to repaint them before yeah. the festival. So, we, well, right. I mean, which is fair enough. But, you know, Did he say that um, to everybody or just you about your Just bin? me. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, was, it was written on a sign, so I hope it was for everybody, okay. but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he had a good pile and a bad pile and mine made it onto the bad pile. 
But it, it, it was an opportunity to explore the surroundings. I went up the Glastonbury Tor, and that's what, that was magical. I uh, went to Wells, Cheddar Gorge. So I did explore uh, the area around the farm. So it was good to, to learn more about the Glastonbury town itself, all the legends. And I don't know, I, I guess for someone who's been going to the festival for so many years and is a festival that's quite connected to all this, the well, for the, for the location where it happened. So it was it was good to learn more of that and actually be there on top of the tour and et cetera. So it, it was really, really valid, to be honest. Mm, I agree. I, like, I really, I feel like I needed to be in that field. I was, I was so excited to go. And we were there for three nights and it was super chill. Like we didn't, well, you know, we had some beers in the evening, but I think most evenings we were in bed in our tent by like 10.30. Do you know what I mean? It was very much a, a chilled camping weekend. But Really enjoyed it. So there wasn't a naughty corner. <laughs> there was no naughty corner. Just there. random. <laughs> we, we did have a speaker. One night we took our little mini speaker, like a mini rig size speaker, um, kind of down to Williams Green, which was like the communal area. And then like, you know, we put some disco on and then like a few people sort of came and sat near us and then the kids were dancing in the middle and stuff. So we did do that and that was quite cute. How um, would you say the kind of footprint scale sort of size was compared it's, it's basically minus uh, the car parks obviously yeah it kind of goes all the way up from uh the top of big ground but you can't camp on big ground so like that's yeah. kind of the the area that you can go and explore so where where worthy farm is it kind of goes down across to the pyramid and then down all the way to the green futures field so it includes yeah. like what would have been west holtz um yeah the acoustic field avalon glade all of those ones that are kind of on the looking at the map the east side i guess miguel you sound like you're going to tell me no 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 i was gonna say and also the stone circle so i I feel like i feel like you got it covered i I thought when you said east side it might bring back memories for miguel yeah (laughs) (laughs) east side is the best um he's moved Yeah, of course, Stone Circle was was there as well. So there are like certain ones of those fields that are camping, ones that are parking. But, you know, the tents were super spaced out, like that you never had to queue for anything. It was like really relaxed and really lovely. And there wasn't that many people. And it was, yeah, I, I think it definitely could be scaled up a bit for a fallow year, like a tiny bit when we don't, at the time, you know, it was very like social distancing on off, you yeah, know, yeah, it, yeah. are we doing it? Are we not doing it kind of thing? So, you know, it was, there was still, you could see that they were thinking about social distancing when they put it in place. But yeah, I would love to do it again. But the, the problem is, is if, if they say there's going to be some music, there's always going to be people thinking that there's going to be a secret set from Fatboy Slim or something. <laughs> yeah. you're just, or when you're just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're just saying, no, actually, we've just got some local Somerset bands to come and entertain you in the evenings. Do you know what I mean? But I would 100% do it again. I think I thought it was lovely. Was Chris Martin there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it was valid just to be under the pyramid stage and to, yeah. to, to do a massive photo session there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. You can tell the Glasto nerds like that were walking around the field because they were all, you know, taking a picture next to a bin, taking a picture next to the uh, <laughs> signpost, you know, uh, one that's in Williams Green and stuff. They were like finding all these tiny little bits of Glasto and taking a picture next to them. <laughs> like, Excellent. So I love that. I love that. Yeah, it was lovely. And we spoke to some nice people. We, I just went, me and my um, boyfriend as well, and like, yeah, it, it was lovely. I would definitely go again. But it was very, very much chilled. Like, chilled is, was the optimum word, I think. 
Uh, and what else have you been up to, Jesse, then? Well, I sound like I've been up to more than both of you. Um, not that, that, God, that sounded bad. Sorry, I don't mean to be. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, you you guys, you uh, I must say, you, you guys are super boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you guys have been doing nothing. No, no. Um, I, I just mean that last year, I, you know, me being me and, and the festival obsessive, not just Glastow obsessive, I, of course, had already been deprived of festivals for one year. So when last year there were a couple that, you know, managed to go ahead in some way shape or form I just made sure I could be there obviously you know just to clarify being very careful and testing before and after etc just so everybody knows of course but yeah I I did um Valley Fest last year which is also in Bristol or near Bristol sorry it's actually between Bristol and Glastonbury it's by the Chew Valley Lake or Chew Magna that was really really good fun that was my first kind of full size I say full size it was 10k attendees but still more full size than some of the smaller things that I've been to and that was really really amazing I hadn't been there before I was really impressed with it I hope I'm going to go back this year I've just got to try and work out if I've got enough time off for it this year um mm. but yeah really really impressed with Valley Fest um, I did Shambino, which is the sort of baby version of Shambhala. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, Shambhala kind of decided semi last minute that they were going to do a, you know, much stripped back kind of baby version of Shambhala that was only 5k capacity rather than the usual sort of 2025, I think it is. Um, and that was super cute as well. It was in the same site, but kind of half the size. They didn't have a main stage like Chai Wallers. That you might know they were the main stage as such um but we all got to dress up in our you know glittery finest again and, and be in the field <laughs> so that was lovely yeah so I, I managed to get to a couple last year which is really really nice obviously none comparing to Glastow but I, I made the most of the summer and I guess my only other life update is I think I mentioned it on the podcast with Greenpeace but I you know I have a long-term partner now and I have a dog which is nice so Excellent. my life now consists of taking my dog out on the weekend she's called Merida or Merry like Merry Christmas is how we amazing her. um and she's a tiny fluffy Pomeranian and she's brilliant ah uh, lush but yes that's my sort of you know your new life is nappies mine's not quite the same but mine is you know <laughs> no. dog walks in the morning and the evening but yes yeah, so I know I've had a, I've, I've had a you know I've, I've, I've made the best of it um as such Excellent. but Let's move on to the next bit and, and, you know, really talk about what we're here to talk about. Glastonbury is three months away or less, April, May, June. Yeah. Three months away, after waiting three years, uh, you know, God, we had... Does it feel like three years? I can't decide, because I think now I'm getting excited about it, it doesn't really feel like three years anymore. Th- Whereas it before, like two, but it felt three. like Ooh. ten years. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. But, I mean, think about it. We got our tickets in, like, October 2019, man. That was so long ago. And there are some people that literally just got them last week, aren't there? So that, it's a completely different scale, yeah. I was going to say that that process ended just recently with the resales. <laughs> yeah, it was just last week that we had the resales. And I know that all three of us were trying to get extra tickets for friends. Were you successful? Yeah. I was as successful as always. So no, I, <laughs> I didn't even get a screen. But Yeah, we had four <laughs> groups and we got uh, three of them inside. So I called that a success, really. Oh, as in general, it was a success, but you know, my contribution was as minimal as ever. 
I see. But I'm hey, going to check that. So, yeah, you, your friends did get in, but you were not responsible for that. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't take any of the kind of credit for it. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty successful. Um, we had three groups and we got two of them kind of while tickets were still available technically. And then, you know, some of us started getting the sold out screen and everyone started panicking. And there was just one group, bless them, that didn't get in and, you know, of sort of over the you know whole sales we have about 30 35 of us to get and this is one group of three that we didn't get and we all felt so sorry for them but literally in the last second not even when there was some flickerage of coach packages like half an hour later we actually managed to get the last team in and we got she said um my friend amanda she sent that confirmation screen and we were like yes 100 success rate get in so it was a yeah good moment for us yeah, that was an interesting one this year, this sort of secret coach resale <laughs> released just after the, the general sale. Yeah, we managed to get one person in the after he lost all hope, someone who's been to, I think, 15 or so festivals and couldn't get a ticket. So he was devastated. And then suddenly I saw you, Jesse sent me that this was happening. There's, there's some coach tickets back. And then I sent him the link. I sent him the link, and he was able to book it. So yeah, I think that must have been quite random because when you when I saw the message, I couldn't, I couldn't. Well, not that I can ever get a screen, but I couldn't get into that. So that was quite a strange one, I I think. Maybe there was just you know he must have done the right thing at the right time, and the Glasto gods were looking down and said, "Yes, yeah. this is your time." <laughs> well, that's it. I I just got a message in our group message at like probably thirty seven minutes past nine or something like after half an hour when we'd all gone right. We've got all our tickets. We were all you know making a cup of coffee and congratulating ourselves. And then we got a message in the group going, "Is there anybody else needing a ticket?" My friend just got a coach ticket just now, and I was like, "Excuse me, what?" And then she sent the link, and I tried it, and I was able to go in. So then I just messaged, as I said, I messaged Miguel, and he was. Like, oh, wow, amazing. And then managed to get his friend in. So, yeah, it was obviously like they, I don't know, had a couple of spares, but they didn't couldn't tweet about it in case anybody just, you know, crashed the page. Or oh, it wouldn't have worked, would it? Because it would have, yeah, it would have just fallen to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the, few... the curious few that, that, yeah, that the, few, out. the few that just wouldn't give up. They just kept checking and there it was. I refuse to give up. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I mean, the good news is we've all got tickets. We're all going on our way. Um, as I said, we've got three months till the festival. I guess before we get our guest on and get talking about the lineup, I just wanted to hear from each of you, like, it's, obviously it's been so long and I'm not going to say that again. That's the last time I'm going to say that. But is there like one particular thing that you're really looking forward to? Is there like a a small moment that you're waiting for or like I don't know do you think you're gonna cry going through the gates or something like that is there, I don't want to put words in your mouth guys but Miguel let's go to you first like is there something that you're really really looking forward to just a little Glastonbury moment uh well I always kind of cry when going through the gates <laughs> no, no it's, when, it's when the bus starts going up, up the hill and then you see the first flags that's when you kind of I I, I feel a strong emotion. <laughs> oh, you I, get the tug on the heart straight. Yeah, and, and, oh. <laughs> and then I, I, the goosebumps. I, yeah, exactly. Goosebumps. I need to, and then I need to hold back some tears. Uh, 
other than that, I, I think I've been going. I've been going for so long now, and then these days I just enjoy having my friends coming together. Most of them are still at the beginning of their journey, so for me it's just always nice to just come together with them, see see them find their own way around the festival. There's always someone coming for the first time, so see that person getting amazed by by everything. Something silly to say, maybe, but from these days for me, it's more about that. To be honest, mm-hmm. that's, that's nothing wrong with that, mate. Uh, I, yeah, I feel like I've done a lot, of course. And and again, I, I would I would love to repeat all the things that I like to do. Go up the sign. I think in the end, Wednesday and Thursday are days that are really good for me because I we always do the walk around site, and then that's when you see everything again, and then you explain to them. And also, I, I like to explain because then please go on your own. Don't don't stop following me now. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. now, now I'll go do my own thing in the, last, the next day. Spread your wings. <laughs> yeah, Spread exactly. your wings. Well, those first two days, that's what it's about, isn't it? Because the music's kind of, yeah. well, the main, the main music kicks in on the Friday. So, And I always say this about TV shows sometimes where I get kind of um, jealous of people who get to see a, a show or a film for the first time because I loved it and I remember that. So, But when you take somebody with you to Glastonbury, especially for the first time, my friend's joining me this year, it'll be his first Glastonbury you get to that thing, don't you? Because you you see them and they're they're you know finding it all, finding their way, experiencing it for the first time, which is great to see. But then doesn't it just remind you of your first time and mm. uh, it brings it all back, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly that. Yeah, I love seeing like people's surprised faces when you know, particularly if they've you know heard one of us talking about it, we just gush about it and go, oh, it's just the best place in the world, and then. You know, they get there and what was it, Miguel, you've said, you know, your friend said, I get it now. Like, yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I get it. <laughs> well, people know I it's a big it festival, but I don't think you can really understand the scale of it until you get there. Oh, yeah, no. And Even you see you say, it. Guys, it's, it's, yeah. it's basically a city that's erected for a weekend. Um, yeah, it's yeah, vast. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> um, how about you, Rob? Have you got any, I know you've just sort of spoken a bit about it, but is, is there any like... You know, I, w- I was going to say for me, it's kind of cracking the can open after I've put my tent up, but I actually have, I'll be doing something different this year, but I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. But how about you, Rob? Is, it, is there a moment? Or picking up the already open can that I started before I put my tent up. <laughs> <laughs> Usually <laughs> the case. <laughs> um, so for me, I guess, so my first class for me was 2022, uh, sorry, 2002. So this will be my 20 years since my first Glastonbury so that's pretty big especially as it was supposed to be the 50 year anniversary wasn't it but obviously that's slightly gone past but this one is my 20 year anniversary of my first Glastonbury so I think pretty much everything's kind of focused on that for me at the moment um I, you know, I'll be thinking a lot about what it was like on that first day. Like, it literally must, it must be half the size. It, it, it can't be far off the, what it was then. Uh, mm. And remember, that was I've spoken about before how that was the first year uh, following the fence. So it was quite. Um, there wasn't as many people as there, there certainly will be this year. So I'll be making a lot of comparisons about that. And I'll, I'll you know, I'll have my friend there. Um, it'll be his first Glastonbury and we're really good friends. So we'll probably spend a big old chunk of the time together. But obviously, I'll, you know, I will encourage him. I'll say, as per Miguel's advice, mate, you need to go, and, you know, find your way around a bit. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, give me some peace. But no, no. I think yeah, that's definitely it. that. That's what's given me kind of the the, the most goosebumps. I think at the moment, just, just even this conversation, talking about it, and, and, <laughs> and yeah, actually the realism that that we're going to be going again soon. And people who are who have got their tickets, whether it be 2019 or just in the festival that are listening to this, and they they won't yet understand if it's their first time. But it, it really won't take long until they get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. They get it now. 
<laughs> they get it exactly <laughs> and they'll understand how people can be so obsessive over it as well because i think once you've been and you become one of the obsessives then uh, it all makes sense doesn't it yeah i completely agree and i think you know my year this year is going to be hopefully super super exciting for me because for the very first time, I am going to be able to go into the festival before the festival starts. Jealous. My boyfriend uh, does the lighting for the Greenpeace stage. And so he will be there from the Friday before working. Uh, I'm Excellent. joining him on the Sunday night. We're going to be in Betsy, my camper van, in the Greenpeace crew field. So not only am I going to be camper vanning for the first time, I'm going to be on site for a good three days before wow. before people come in. So I'm so excited about this. I'm not going to be literally resting on my laurels, by the way. Like Ben has, uh, you know, because I have a, a festival ticket, it, he, it, he wouldn't have been able to get me in if I yeah, didn't yeah. already have a ticket. So he's no, managed to get, you know, he's managed to sort of get me uh, you know into the crew area uh, priority in exchange for <laughs> yeah basically I, I basically have to help out with like painting the Greenpeace area um, I'm going to be helping out with cooking as well so they're putting me work but <laughs> earning my keep exactly but I get to get there before which I'm so excited about and it means that I'm saying it now on the podcast so I have to do it I will go to the sign this year because I'm going to be there before everybody gets there <laughs> does and it count if you that, go before well, maybe I'll have to go twice, but everybody says I it's I suppose I better nice go up the Ribbon Tower then, hadn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better. I think, like, my worker friends have always said, like, it's kind of a, a thing that everybody goes up the night before on the Tuesday night, you know, to watch the sunset from the sign uh, on the night before, when, you know, to see the empty field before everybody comes pouring in. I, I'm just going to tell you both now, like, I am going to cry a hell of a lot. Um, <laughs> I think definitely, like, I'm going to go and watch the gates when they open and then I think I'm definitely going to cry then when everybody comes pouring in. I will have cried a number of times before then. Um, but, yeah. Amazing. So I'm just, I'm so excited. And I'm, I'm just Will you spend I... the whole time in your camper van, do you think, Jesse? Sorry. Or do you think uh, you're... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to put up a tent and go and go with my mates. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see how it fares. That'll be very year, different for you, won't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as you know, like, I normally have a big campsite set up of around... 15 tents you know wow. I'm normally the one who organizes all of that um <laughs> some quite a lot of my friends are coming coach this year like you know quite a lot of them kind of went well anything I'll do I'll get coach but it means obviously they have very strict arrival times you know like they won't necessarily be on site at four in the morning like we normally are so you know I'm kind of taking a step back from my uh organizational arrivals mode and I'll be interested to see how my friends fare you know, kind of right. without me to steer them. But I think they've got a bit of a plan going. I think there's going to be a couple of them that are going to take the main group of tents and they're going to try and get the same sort of spot um, that are driving. And then those that arrive by coach, they're either going to try and put a tent nearish by, you know, in the field, but on their own. And then they can walk yeah. over and spend the mornings with us. I don't know. But yes, I will be in the camper van and I'll just have to walk up and see them or I'll, you know, be maybe getting them a shower token for the Greenpeace showers. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bribes accepted. <laughs> Bribes accepted. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited about it. And, it, you know, that was one thing I was going to say. I think I mentioned this before, but um, just as a funny little anecdote, uh, my boyfriend and I would have been together two years um, by the time Glastonbury goes ahead I, I think it's pretty serious but I met him on a dating app and the reason I said yes to him on the dating app is because it 
it was um, Hinge, which allows you to have little comments or questions that you answer. And it said, you should you should comment on me or you should like me or you should swipe me if you like. And he put Disco in Glastonbury. And then he had a picture of him at Glastonbury. And I was like, sold, tick, sold. swipe. <laughs> sold. So, yeah, so there you go. And then, you know, that was the start of a beautiful thing. Here we go. And now we're actually Excellent. going to our first Glastonbury together. So I'm very – he's done 11 Glastonbury's, the same number as me. But he's been working quite a few of them. He's only done a couple as a punter. Yeah, I'm just so excited. So that's my little news update, I guess. <laughs> and excitement for Glastonbury all in one. I don't know if that happens with you guys, but sometimes when you're out and about with your days and you're meeting your friends at the pub or for dinner and you start hearing yourself and you realize, oh my God, I'm so stupid. I'm, I'm really talking about Glastonbury again. People must hate me. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah honestly, like I, actually this podcast is like a really good um, like therapy method for me because I can get it all out in kind of one place. You know, like an outlet, <laughs> like an outlet exactly. Yeah, a therapeutic yeah. outlet, and then it means that my poor friends don't have to listen to me bang on about it anymore. I mean, honestly, us three, we could just go on about it forever, couldn't we? But uh, on that note, let's actually get into the meat. I mean, I can't believe you know we're already quite far in, but this episode we do actually have like a really great main segment for this episode. We know that the lineup came up came out about three weeks ago, and you know, we, there were mixed reviews of it. I'm pretty happy with it. But as we all know, none of us are really that bothered about the lineup. We go to Glastonbury for other reasons. But we really did want to talk about it. Any kind of musical discoveries we've had for over the past couple of years. But I will say is that when we had a chat, me, Miguel and Rob, a couple of weeks ago after the lineup came out and we talked about doing an episode, we all very quickly realised that we do not have the musical knowledge really to comment properly on the lineup, you know we know yeah, a not few to of the give big it names. Justice or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not to give it justice, exactly, Rob. We know a few of the big names. We know a couple of the smaller names, but there are so many on there that you know we kind of go, "Who's that?" So, yeah, because of that, we thought we need to get an expert in here, and I'm super excited for our guest, who I'll intro in a second. He is an encyclopedic knowledge of music. Is known for his Spotify playlist. He creates you know, pick any genre and he will have a Spotify playlist of over a hundred tracks on it. I promise you. A musical curator. <laughs> yeah, he's a musical creator. He's That's a DJ, it. he hosts a radio show. So yeah, we have got the knowledge basically. And he's going to come in, speak to us and tell us who we should be excited for. So let's get him on. So yes, hi everyone. We have got an awesome guest today. His name is Captain Barrett. And as I said, he has got one of the best music knowledges, well, of anyone I've ever known of or met before. He knows all genres spanning through the ages. It's basically his job to keep up with music. By that, his job is head of music, aka the lead booker is what I would normally use, um, for one of the UK's biggest and most eclectic festivals, which is Boomtown Fair in Winchester. Anybody who knows me knows that that's, you know, bar Glastonbury, that's probably one of my favourite festivals. I, I've been to seven or eight Boomtowns and I absolutely love it. But he's also lead booker for one of the smallest and friendliest festivals, 
which is called Big Love Festival uh, in Wales. Also had a mega lineup that I've been meaning to go to. So um, yes, another great one there for you to check out. He hosts his own radio shows on Swoo FM and Ujima and is also a DJ. You may have heard of him, seen him on some lineups. His DJ name is AAA Bad Boy. And as I mentioned, his Spotify playlists are totally legendary. So we've got him here today basically to tell us who we should be excited about on that 2022 Glastonbury lineup. Hi, Captain. Uh, I've given you a bit of an intro there, so I hope, I hope you approve. Um, but maybe you just want to say hi. It's, it's a lovely thank you. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Do you want to let me know in your own words who you are and you know how you're involved in the festival world? Maybe what's your history of Glastonbury, that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. I, I got to shout out uh, my, my partner in crime on Boomtown as well, though, James. Uh, just, uh, yeah, we kind of share most of the programming between us and we do the Radio Boomtown on, on Swoo together as well. So big up, big ups to James every time. Um, but yeah, so uh, Glastonbury was kind of my, I guess, entry level as it is for a lot of people. So I, I started going when I was very little. 82, I think, was the first year that I went. Back then I was on the gates. So you didn't have, you didn't have any of this big security or anything. Like you literally just had to get past me. Uh, little little like six-year-old me or whatever and it was great I loved it I saw bands like uh, I, I think I saw probably Black Uhuru and um, Aswad people like that and then uh, then I didn't go for a few years I, 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 I went a couple of times in the 80s and then I didn't go in the 90s at all until 1999 and by that point I was like an I was like straight up hip hop and um, and dance or and there was a big hip hop lineup that year. It was like Jurassic Five, Oza Matt Lee, uh, Supernatural, uh, so many. Uh, the Roots were playing, so we we went that year as well. Check out some hip hop, and then it wasn't until two thousand and four. And basically, I was in a band called Dark Chunk, and we won the Glastonbury Unsigned contest, which is still happening. So if you if you're in a band. And you wanna you wanna get into festivals, honestly, enter that into that competition. I can't tell enough people, it's it's magical. And so we, we won a slot on what used to be then the dance stage. So there was none of this kind of like silver haze or anything like that. It was it was the dance stage. And so it's probably us and like, I don't know, Chemical Brothers and Fatboy Slim and people like that. But we so after that, it was that year, and I, I can't even go into half of the things that happened that year, but it was basically like, okay, from that moment, I realised that festivals is is what I wanted to be doing. So, and I, I, I think I've played every year since, so that, that was the kind of end of my career as a rapper, but, but I've been there as a DJ for most years since then, under various guises. I love that. I didn't know you were there as a rapper. That's so cool. And that you did, you won the unsigned competition. That is so cool. Didn't know that. I'm loving this. I'm learning so much. Yeah. So I played there as a, a, um, a DJ a few times. Well, most, most years since then as AAA bad boy, as captain, as Chrome kids alongside monkey and stagger. And then, and then basically actually from that, I got, I, I went to the first festival, which is, was in 2004 as well. And that was kind of cemented the fact that, right, okay, we need to be doing festivals. And then uh, myself and a guy called Matt took a inflatable church to the second festival. And and for many years after that, and, and we did lots of other festivals. And that was kind of entry level, really. And that's that's how I met loads of people was through doing the church. That's how I met Lack and Chris from Boomtown. I think I met James that year. Uh, Robin from Shangri-La. Uh, yeah, loads of people, actually. 
Amazing. I love the inflatable church. <laughs> I, I was going to say, so your top tip is take an inflatable to the festival. <laughs> What's that? Top tip? Yeah, yeah, your exactly. Top, your top tip, yeah. <laughs> if you want to get into festivals, just find a massive inflatable something. And, yeah, uh, and, you, and if you cannot play, which is my case, I think that I know what I'm going to be doing next, this summer. Then. <laughs> ah, perfect. I love that. It's still it's still um, going actually. I, I I don't have anything to do with it anymore. But um, but there's a couple still doing the rounds. Uh, and and but and speaking more about your role, Boomtown. Can you tell us uh, what you do with the Boomtown Fair? Yeah. So so myself and James kind of oversee the whole lineup and book most of it. Uh, it used to be more of a split. Like I'd book most of the bands, James book most of the DJs. It kind of still is that, but but we we're a lot more. Um, sp- spread them out between us and we, we still got a team uh there's still you know the irate guys and and the last gang in town and and people like that 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 kind of help out and you still got tribe of frog uh with the side trance and so yeah but and, and of course all the all the street venues and things like that who who kind of tend to program in-house but we 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 do the, the the large kind of brunt of it and and basically just sort of look after the the music all sides musical at boomtown how do you even start building a lineup so diverse like Boomtown? Like, what, what are your goals when you were setting up? When you start the lineup, what this lineup, I want it to be what? Well, a lot, a lot of the time we kind of start with the year before and be like, right, how do we better that? You know? And you, you kind of always want to do better. Um, yeah. But you also, you, you know, you got to kind of take your ego out of it a little bit as well and, and be like, right, what's the best for everybody? And there's, do you know what? There's... There's like in the world, I'd, I'd say that you know there's so much great music, but there's there is a limited amount of artists who can do the job of of really kind of just delivering an awesome set within budget. Um, mm-hmm. So you, then you kind of look at like a you go back to the people that you haven't been able to get that you really wanted. Um, you see who's who's touring, and and it's just about. It's just about who's the right vibe for the right time, you know? And there's, I mean, there's so much more to, to it than that. You know, you need to mindful of things like clashes and, and stuff like that. But essentially it's, it's who's the right act for the right time. And then you kind of see who's around. And generally, I think, I think, you know, once you cast your net out wide and limit it in, you, you just seem to get the right people. I don't know. It just seems to work out and you don't always get the people that you want, but you know, as, as, as to to paraphrase a, a Rolling Stones song, you know, you tend to get the ones that you need. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that you say, you know, be mindful of clashes. I'm sure anybody who's been to a festival will go, no, they don't be mindful of clashes. But it's it's funny. I I spoke to someone about this, and they were like, no, you you have to have some clashes, otherwise the entire festival tries to go to one stage at one time. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hate doing it. It's, it's it's heartbreaking, but sometimes you just have to, just for safety's sake, you know. Mm. Um, but but sometimes you know, sometimes you really like. Okay, we can't clash these two acts uh, because, but but mainly because everyone will go to one more than the other. If it's a fifty fifty split, then you're in danger. There's probably going to be a clash, you know. Do you have a process? You start putting names on the board and you start moving around, or is it about negotiating with the artists as well about set times? Oh, so 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 out my world most of the time is not that rock and roll. It's spreadsheets. <laughs> it's so right. it's so many spreadsheets, and you just kind of stare at them for a long time. I don't know. A lot of it's instinct. You just like okay, 
let's put these, you put a load of names in that you want and then you just move them around until they feel right, I guess. And then, and then you, once they feel right, then you have to kind of, you, you have to actually think about it and be like, okay, does that actually work? Can we put them on at that time? And then it's negotiation, you know, like at, at Boomtown, one of the things that we, we prefer to do is, you know, like at a festival when the first band comes on and they're playing to like three of their mates and, yeah. and it, like that's not really doing anyone any any justice. So it's always nice to put on a headliner or sort a bigger artist or one that, you know, at least more a lot of people will know on nice and early it means the stage is busy from the start it means everyone's up and out and 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 and, and excited for the rest of the day so that you, then the second band it, it have a better gig and etc so but it's really hard to convince someone of you know stature to play an early set so that's that's a negotiation that continuously happens I think we're pretty good at it, you know. I've got I've got plenty of videos that I can send people now and be like, "Look, it works." I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I, I guess, Captain, like, what would you say? What would you say makes a good lineup? Like, I love what you're talking about. About I really so agree that you should get someone on early to get people out of their tents and away from their tents. To be honest, but when you're looking like at a lineup overall, maybe not, you know, talking about Boomtown here, but like. For example, when you saw the Glasto lineup, or when you look at Big Love's lineup, I know that you're a part of, or or when you look at Shambhala or something like that, what makes you go, "Oh yeah, this is they've done well here. This is a good lineup." Is it variety? Is it? I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I'll let you go for it. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? It, it's a it's a mixture of stuff. So I think for me, I, I I hate looking at a line like I look at so many lineups. You know, I look at pretty much every festival lineup. And there's a lot of the time you really get poster fatigue. You just see the same artists on this, on there like continuously and they start to lose their shine after a while. You, you know, you just like, you become a bit numb to them. And so, you, you know, it's important to have artists that people can connect to, that they look at it and they go, oh, okay, that's, that's great. But it's, it's also important to, to put people on that you don't expect or like, you know, you, we spend a lot of time playing that game of like, okay, who haven't we heard from for a while? Who's like amazing, but just hasn't been to the UK in a while. Cause the problem is everybody, everybody looks at everybody's posters and they get ideas from them and they kind of, everyone just copies everybody else, you know? And it's, it's, it, it gets boring. It gets boring for the, for the people that go, but you do need those names a lot of the time, you know, if you, especially if you've got, if you're a big festival, you need names that people are going to connect to that are going to bring in enough. Like, for example, at Boontown, you know, we still got big stages and not, we're not releasing the lineup. Um, but we still got big stages that we, we need to fill, uh, with people. So there has to be some amount of draw. And I, I guess it depends on, it's, it's different for different festivals, you know, you got to really know your crowd. Um, and so a good festival knows their audience and does a, does a mixture of A, catering for what they want and B, giving them something else, a little bit extra, so, you know. that I think the magical moments tend to come from festivals with the artists that you don't expect, you know, where, where someone drags you because they've heard of it and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, they blew my mind. I wasn't expecting it. You know, like, I, I, I still get that mm, from festivals. That. Like, Nowadays, I have a list, even at Glastonbury, I have pages and pages of schedule, you know, and, but there's always going to be one act that I wasn't expecting to see 
and someone will go, no, 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 you need to go and see this band. And I'll, I'll go there and it'll be like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, that's that's not what I was expecting. You mentioned uh, uh, before that sometimes you might have to hold your ego and now you just said that the, the festival needs to know your audience. So would you say that Boomtown has been growing together with the audience and they are communicating and they understand each other? Yeah, I mean, our audience are pretty vocal and and that's great. You know, they're on social media and... and we're constantly looking at that and but i mean i tell you what i tell you what's been tricky i think as as music because as the crowd becomes bigger and the music becomes more separated it can be hard mm-hmm. you know you it used to be put out a shout out like what bands do you want to see and you could you could guess you could guess most of the acts that people are going to say you know mm-hmm. whereas now Lots of festivals do it and they'll put a shout out and it it will be like everyone's got a different idea. You know, it, music has become a lot more, uh, the music scenes and everything have become a lot more fractured. And that's wonderful in some ways because of the, the sheer variety of great acts, you know, and people are, 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 are kind of checking out lots of different music and more music. Um, but, but on the flip side of that, actually, when you're, when you're programming and, you're trying to figure out, okay, but who's, who's bigger than who, <laughs> you know, like who's the draw, who's, and, and what are people into? It can be super tricky. Loads of times we look at, we, we think of an artist and we, we we're like, oh, let's book them. And then we look at it and we're like, is anyone actually going to know who they are? It's like, it's, you know, this is a big artist, but, but do our audience know who they are? And, and, and sometimes there's a gamble. Sometimes those gambles pay off. Sometimes they don't, you know, that makes it, but it's half the fun, right? Yeah, yeah, I love that. No, it's been great to, to hear how the, everything that goes in the process, especially for someone who's been so involved in festivals for so many years and involved in the industry. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, for sure. I guess, you know, on that, actually, um, you know, we don't want to be, don't want to be negative, but, you, you know, we know that obviously the last couple of years have been super complicated for festivals in general. You know, there's the B word and then there's the C word, both of which I won't mention. But, you know, we're going to talk about the actual Glasto lineup in a minute and kind of changes to that. But, you know, what have been the challenges for you, I guess, you know, I guess along the lines of rebookings or cancellations or maybe like the legislation has changed or whatever. Have you seen anything? Well, I know that there have been challenges, but kind of what's been the what's been the most difficult for you, I guess? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there are tons of challenges. I mean, it's kind of thrown everybody out. I mean, on on, a, on the programming side of things is we, we haven't had many gigs for a couple of years. So you, you haven't seen how gigs have been doing. You can't be like, oh, uh, well, this band just sold out Academy or, or, or whatever. So maybe we should pay attention to them. That it, It's completely like, oh, okay. It's like a fresh palette almost, which is great. Again, it's super exciting. And then, uh, you know, I think, I think it's shed a real negative light on the, on the UK, you know, the B word, definitely did that and and so i think a lot of artists kind of decided that um not that bothered about touring touring in the uk you know it's not necessarily going to give us what we want but yeah a lot of artists still do you know obviously you're going to see loads of artists still coming in and 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 playing it's not gonna it's not gonna change that much what are some of the other things i think it's really kind of damaged people's um trust like people are really, really excited to go out and see live music again and things like that. But you know, a lot of a lot of people are like, oh, I don't, oh, I don't know, and you know, there's there's costs are going up for 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 everything at the moment, you know. Um, 
and and that's 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 an extra challenge for all festivals um you know not again not just with the the costs that the festival have to pay but the psyche of the the country of like okay maybe we need to be a bit more careful yeah there's i mean there's so many there's loads of challenges but that to be honest that's what kind of being in the festival industry is it's just a series of uh troubleshooting like any anyone that puts on a festival will tell you it's just it's just one big troubleshoot really you know you're constantly just coming up against problems i think i think that was one of the big things about um uh the c word as well was because all of these festivals are just used to dealing with any problem that comes at them and just getting past it and but and it's always the show must go on you know it's always that the show must go on you just get past it but when it came and all of a sudden we hit this thing that no sorry you're not going to get past that now this is this is the pause button it's not a stop button you know for some people it was but it's a it's a it's a heavy pause it's like no you are not indestructible you know and i think that was that was that was quite hard for a lot of festival organizers yeah i saw um lack the other day posted a video so lacks um one of the founders of boomtown or directors of boomtown that, am i right there have i got that right yeah 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 that's right yeah directors okay cool yeah lack posted a video saying like you know just because of that pause as you mentioned and it and it was a stop for some people that a lot of people in the industry like they they couldn't afford to pause as such so they you know reskilled and and went and worked somewhere else and and you know then it means that there's less people to be putting the show on you know uh and then the, the people that are left are you know having to ch- well they are charging more and then you know costs are going up so it's it's you know a pause sounds like a nice thing but actually you know i can understand how it's just made everything quite a bit harder yeah, it, it has. I mean, everything, it, it, it's, there's no getting away from it. Everything's a little bit tougher. And we thought that we were out of out, out the, uh, and I, I say we, you know, I'm kind of, I, I hear it from a lot of different people. Kind of thought, oh, we're out of the woods. And then all of a sudden, it's just extra challenges, you know, but most people will get past them. Yeah. I don't want to be too negative about it, you know, because we know. No, 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 no. I, and I, I'm always but, trying not to be too negative on this. But yeah, you're right. The show is going ahead this year. We're all very excited about it. Yeah, it's just yeah, we've had, we have had to hit that pause button. And I, I guess we just really wanted to hear from you, like the, you know, how it's affected you. But I'm, I'm glad it's sort of, you know, you talked about how getting people into the UK, the B word has been a bit of a problem. But you're still getting people in. They're still saying, you know, they understand that the UK is a market that's not worth ignoring, if you see what I mean. That's worth the extra effort. But um, but yeah, I guess you know, if we were to, I think we're going to come on to this in a bit, but. You know, lots of 2020 lineups that were announced and then obviously retracted have had yeah. to change quite dramatically in 2022. We're seeing a lot more British artists that are higher up the bill than they would have been. You know, we're seeing a lot more emerging artists coming through. Have you got any sort of thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, it's it, within two, three years, loads, loads does change, you know, and, and some of the artists that, were originally booked so you know it's it's kind of it's like a dream sometimes when you're a programmer and you 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 book someone because you think oh okay this this is someone who's really exciting at the moment and then by the time your festival comes along they're like a headliner and you're like whoo we wouldn't have been able to afford them otherwise i hope you don't mind guys i'm conscious that i'm in the background here 
Um, just listening on my headphones as we record record this remotely and quite enjoying it like I'm listening to the podcast for real. I've got to say, it's very, it's just good stuff. So, But I have, um, is now a good time to chime in for a quick question? Go for it, go for yeah. it. Just, it's only just come to me. And it's really because we were talking about not being too negative and trying to be positive. Well, uh, one of the certainly positives and one of the things that that we know I did was, was uh, the streaming and the trying out the DJ things. With regards to like looking at, at, at new talent and artists coming through, uh, particularly in with DJs and stuff, are you uh, looking at people that from from the increase of what they've been posting on Twitch and and the live streaming and stuff? Has that brought more DJs to the table that you guys are interested in? Some, not necessarily on the Twitch. I, I think it was such a minefield that a lot of the people that I kind of really enjoyed on streaming were people that I did already know. There was a few. There's a few that really shone through. Um, but then, but then also, um, yeah, there's, there's various different platforms, you know, like your boiler rooms and things like that. And when someone shines on those sort of platforms, it really makes a difference. So there were a few that came through. I, I, to be honest, for DJs, I think it's, it's one of the most exciting times I've ever known. Like it really is like the, you know, the, the DJs that are coming through at the moment are just, just next level. They're playing a, a real good variety of music and, you know, you got um I, I, I don't want to name any names because I don't want to give it too much away of who I'm excited about at the moment. <laughs> no, but, of course not. No. You know, a lot a lot of great DJs coming through from the queer scene, and you know, loads more uh, amazing female DJs coming through, and 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 it's it's really it's really made it exciting again. And uh, I, quite a few of those kind of came through during lockdown as well. You know, excellent. No, no I appreciate that. It was just something that, that that suddenly came to mind because I know I was I started watching a lot of things. Yeah, bands that I wouldn't necessarily know about people that were putting stuff out there on you know social media and stuff and it just led me to listen to loads of cool new stuff so I wondered you know if that influenced the way festival bookings might be going now or people who perhaps wouldn't have necessarily been there are now an hour in the forefront of your mind perhaps I think I think it's really uh, like all, all of us do watch live videos and things like that and 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 get, get a thing but I think I know personally, I really just try and watch as many as I can live. So, I, yeah, I think it's quite hard to catch the vibe exactly. I'm trying to think of one example where I did actually think, right, that's it. I'm booking them. And um, I was going to put forward that uh, one person that I, as, as a DJ, I've kind of followed on social media. He, I think he really got going properly. Like he got famous during lockdown I guess was a guy I'm, I'm going to pronounce it wrong but he's called Suat so S-U-A-T and he does these like Instagram videos so what he he's got a, a set of decks and some mini rigs uh, that he yeah, ties around yeah, his waist yeah. yeah yeah and he just goes to like city centres and like does this kind of like techno sort of set which is, like, he, probably, is not he, techno, probably got that wrong is he the cycling dude like he was uh, he did the the Drum and bass cycle. Oh no, no the, he's actually Bristol, separate yeah, to yeah. yeah, yeah, the the drum and bass bike guy. He's separate, but it's a similar kind of thing that he get, he gets his de- Suat gets his decks out and it, and they're attached around his waist and he walks around. But he's done ones in like shopping centres. He's done ones on a canoe, like going down the canals in London and things like that. And he always live streams them. But he's very similar. He came out as D and B bike guy, same kind of time. Yeah, I, I do you know what? Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I just, I just had a quick Google. I do recognise him. I did see some of his stuff. I, I, I got the two confused completely. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. They are different. 
But yeah, I guess like you don't know what they're like doing a live set to a crowd. So it's kind of let's wait and see. I think he's on a few lineups throughout this year. So you can sure you know, maybe be, you'll get yeah. an actual idea of a lineup set. <laughs> Love that. Cool. Thank you for that. And great question, Rob. Thanks for, for coming in there. I guess we, you know, bringing it back to Glastow. Um, one thing we did sort of notice is that Glastow, like a lot of festivals, are releasing the, you know, the main lineup poster in that kind of alphabetical order Apart from, you know, the headliners in Glastow, yeah. sort of, um, you know, in, in, on their poster. But I've noticed it in a couple of festivals and things. I, I've, I've heard from people that I know who work in the industry that they've had artists genuinely, you know, getting a real pissy about where they are on a lineup. So do, I'm guessing, is this a helpful thing? Do you think it's... It's going to be the norm now, or I think I think as a DJ that's called AAA Bad Boy, it's a brilliant thing. I think that <laughs> I think every lineup should that. be eight. I'm at the top. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, it, I, I'm I'm quite surprised that Glastonbury managed to to last this long and not do it. I, I don't know what tipped them over the edge, um, but I, you just see it more and more because it, it does. It takes so much time having those kind of that, those negotiations of, of who's bigger than who. And, you know, when it comes to someone like just looking at the Glastonbury lineup, like, you know, is Crowded House bigger than Elbow? Is, are they bigger than Black Midi because Black Midi's newer and cool? And, you know, all, all of these sort of things, it's ju- it just becomes quite tiresome. Um, like especially with Boomtown because we, we book a lot of DJs that are kind of big in their world but but then when you know when however many thousand people come out to see Beans on Toast and only say 6,000 people came to see that big techno DJ like who's bigger you know who's <laughs> how are you going to argue that of who's bigger you know and um, so it becomes quite a tiresome job to be honest and I understand it like don't get me wrong I understand it from an artist's perspective um because people pay attention to it people do pay attention to it where they are on the lineup you know who's bigger than who but ultimately it, it's it's not an honest representation so I think A to Z is is a, is a more kind of like like a leveler like right look everyone's on the same level it all depends on on what your first letter is I think you are going to see a lot more bands beginning with A in the years to come, but do you say this is a change that's been coming, or is Glastonbury can do it because they are Glastonbury? Well, well, uh, no, uh, and tell people that Glastonbury have got away with not doing it. That's the thing; they've got away with not ah, doing it for years. A to Z is is what you do when you can't have those arguments anymore, and and, and you just you know the only way to keep everybody happy is to do it in A to Z. Um, so so actually, Glastonbury for years have, have got away with um, with not having to do it in A to Z, and that, I, I feel like I feel like now that they've done it, that that's it. It's going to be the industry standard, like for for, for most people. Uh, it's quite lucky for us because we're not releasing the lineup, so so I don't have to have any of those conversations. I, I was going to even ask about that if you can can talk to us about a little bit of the thoughts that went into the decision. Yeah, I mean, well, that was that was partly it, but but also, so what happens? Like, it's great to see a, a lineup poster, and it's but like you've seen it with Glastonbury over the years. You know, people will say, "Oh, I'm not going to Glastonbury because Billie Eilish playing." 
you're like that makes zero sense there's so many other artists on that lineup but people become fascinated or fixated on the headliners oh for sure i have friends of mine who go how on earth why are you going to glastonbury this year the lineup shit and i'm just like oh i've sworn no well but you know i <laughs> they 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 say this to me like oh why don't you you should just not go and sell your ticket i'm like firstly you don't understand how glastonbury works uh and and secondly no like i i think i see one pyramid headliner if i'm lucky like you don't you don't get it but anyway sorry carry yeah on. i think i've only ever seen stevie wonder like that was the, I, I, that's, I can't think of one other pyramid headliner that i've ever seen um <laughs> in all in all of these years but and and, and that was worthwhile that was a, that was a great a great moment right there but yeah, so people become fixated with the headliners and, and, and on the flip side of people thinking it's shit because uh, there's someone they don't like on there. People think that it's good because they know one of the headliners. And so when you when you start putting on bigger and bigger artists, you get an audience who don't understand the festival necessarily. They're just going because they see that name. And and it really, it's excuse it, especially with something like Boomtown, which is, it's not it's not a music festival. It's really not like it, it, and I'm I'm saying that as the music programmer. I don't see it as a music festival. I see it. Yeah. I see the music as something that facilitates the atmosphere and the vibe. But you know, it's a festival. It's an immersive festival. It's one where you just go and you you become a different character. You lose yourself within the festival. It's not about who's playing what time. It's about just being a part of it. And like like I say. The people is people that makes the festival, and the reason that a lineup is important is because of the people that it brings to your festival and what it gives to those people. But um, yeah, yeah. So I, I I feel like a lot of the time the headliners are, are, are a distraction from the actual festival itself. I was gonna say that we, even though we are uh, this discussion is quite lineup heavy, uh, we all know that. Boomtown and Glastonbury, there's so much more to the experience. Definitely. Like, I've, I've had amazing Glastonbury's before I was doing the job where I, where, where I now have to kind of, like, really go and see lots of bands. Like, I've seen, like, a, less than five bands and had an amazing time at Glastonbury, you know? Just just getting lost within the, the, the festival and just wandering around. And I think one, one Glastonbury, I saw three bands, and one of them was Babyhead about five times. And... You know, I still had a great time. Yeah, we've we've talked about this in our previous podcast, and we've kind of said you can always tell a Glastonbury newbie when they're they've got the program in front of them, and they go, "Oh, at one o'clock, I'm going to see this band on John yeah. Peel, and then at two fifteen, I'm going to see this band on Williams Green, and then at four o'clock, I'm going to see this band on the other stage." I'm like. Unless you're going to run and cut off half the bands, no, you're not. Um, you know, I, I go to Glastonbury and I have one thing a day that I absolutely must see. And then the rest of it is just walking around. And you might walk past something and go, oh, that sounds good. I'm going to go in there or I'm going to go and listen to this for a bit. But, you know, it, it's not about the... When, when you start stressing about, like, you, you're just going you're just gonna to have enough time because you're not going to get there. You're going to get stressed with your mates because they're dragging behind, mm. you know, like don't get me wrong I am now that person because I'm like right okay like my schedule of things to do is ridiculous I know I'm not going to see all of them you know I'm not going to stress out about seeing everything but I have to like at least try and see as much as possible but but I mean there's definitely some days where I bump into mates I've got I've got my list and I think do you know what there's no one on there that I have to see so the list is going in the bin 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wander around for a bit and enjoy Glastonbury. And I think I always seem to have a moment like that, and I think it's important to as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think that's the best way to do it. Even you know, someone like yourself who's whose kind of job is to go and see people now and make sure that you're seeing as much as possible. I, I guess just quickly before we do get into the lineup and we are going to do it, do you, do, I mean, you know, after talking about what we're talking about and the fact that the lineup don't matter is one thing we say a lot on this podcast. Do you think Glastonbury could ever get away with, you know, air quotes, doing a boomtown and just not releasing the lineup until like two days before? Do you think that could they could ever get away with that? I think they're in a much better position to do that, to be honest. You know, because they always sell out anyway. Like they're 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 in such a good position. As long as they deliver when everyone goes, yeah, I think I think they're in such a good position. I think they should. Like I'm all I'm all for it. I agree. I think the same. It will stop people being silly beforehand and being you know. Although I guess maybe it'll mean more resale tickets go back in the pot when people go. Oh, I'm not going because this person's playing. Cool. More chance of a resale ticket for me. Yeah. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but I remember, if I remember rightly, in the past, Glastonbury always used to release their lineup after all the tickets had sold. And this was when, obviously, they took forever and ever and ever to sell. Because I, rem- I remember, like I was just saying, like in 2002, I remember the lineup being really late. Like we were all, you know, planning to go and it still hadn't been released yet because there were still a few tickets left. So I think, you know, the, the it dropping late was, was how it kind of happened back then. And then obviously it started selling out in not just a day, but in hours. And then that, that all sort of changed, didn't it? The last time I remember it not selling out or, or, or not selling out until the last minute was... The year that Jay Z played, it was actually the only year that I've I've bought a ticket. I think, and it was I bought it on the Friday or the Thursday or or, or something like that. Like literally you know, of the festival. I bought it on my on my way. Oh wow! Yeah, really like I, super I, I was on my way to Glastonbury, and I thought I was gonna try some. I, I thought I was gonna have to try some, you know, a little hustle or something. And um and 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 I, I went into like HMV and just bought a ticket on the way down there. I was like, oh wow, that that was easy. Um, <laughs> in a music shop yeah yeah totally and and i think um but after that because it was pretty i think it was probably a pretty muddy year the year before and, and so that was that's always a struggle the next year but then the I, th- I think there's so much negative press about jay-z playing and everyone's just like oh it's not what it used to be etc all of that nonsense and then of course jay-z smashed it and of course it was a great year so ever since then, they've they've just sold out super quick. One thing that people always say to me is that, God, how can you justify paying 250, 260 pounds for a ticket? And then I say to them, well, how much would you pay for a, a gig ticket, for example? And, you know, they're pushing up towards 100 pounds now, aren't they? If not more. So if you go by that, you only really need to see two or three bands in the first place to, to kind of get the, the music value out of your ticket. But the the value you get from the festival as a whole is is... is so above and beyond that, it's it's ridiculous. Even if you like you say, if you saw nobody, but and you get you you know you get people paying thousands, and 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 they like it's worth it. You know, like you will you will ha- like it will change your life. You go to Glastonbury for five days, whatever. It the, it has the potential to change your life way more than if you went abroad for 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 that amount of time or even longer. And I think for that that sort of experience, you know, like. It, the times it becomes questionable is when you go and it's super muddy and you're like, I've definitely came, come out of Glastonbury um, once at the very least going like, I don't know if I can do that again. And so when you've, 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 
when you've paid loads of money for that experience and it, it all goes a, a, a bit pear-shaped, I can understand that. But but most of the time, I think I think music festivals in general are, 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 are like underpriced, if anything, you know? Oh, big time. I can only agree. Like, like I have friends at work. At, well, sorry, I have friends and I have like colleagues and things who say to me like, I don't understand why you pay hundreds of pounds to go and, you know, set up your own tent and carry your own stuff in and you know be muddy and cold and get no sleep and I'm like you clearly have not been because if anyone who's been understands it and realizes that it is an experience worth so much more than the ticket prices they charge and that's not just for the bands that's for everything else as far as I'm concerned <laughs> yeah 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 totally amazing all right well let's let's move on to the Glastonbury lineup 2022 Ooh, exciting so captain i know you're part of my uk festivals facebook group and when i posted about this in the facebook group you were one of the first people to comment on it and said cool this is an absolutely cracking lineup or something to those to that effect so you know why as an overall is it a great lineup as far as you're concerned do you know what just just the sheer kind of like every band on there is so well thought about for the crowd for the space and for their performance for their lyrics like you know a lot of thought has gone into that lineup and i've seen i i haven't even seen half of the the bands on there but the ones that i have seen are all good you know and i don't say that lightly i see a lot of bands you know i everyone that i've seen on that lineup there's, there's bands on there that i'm like I, I saw, I've seen in the last couple of years, like bands like Black Midi blew my mind when I saw them um, earlier this year. You know, people like uh, Self Esteem is great. Snarky Puppy are just, you know, one of the one of the best jazz bands out there. Like literally everyone on there. Not everyone is to my taste, you know. And, and I'd, I'd say there's one or two that are questionable, but most of it, I, I would say. Like, these are quality, quality bands, you know? And it's hard because there's so much, like, there's so much subpar artists. Like, as we as we carry on and, and people um, get number ones having never played a show, mm. you know? And and so much studio trickery can be done. And not to sound like an old, old, old codger here, but, like, so much studio trickery can be done in the studio so that when people come out on stage... You know, you, you've seen a huge rise in artists miming on stage, you know, like massively because they can't deliver what they could in the studio. It's been so over polished. And I, I see it lots and lots. Artists just just not delivering. Whereas the artists on this lineup, there's none on there that I wouldn't expect to at least give a solid show. And that's that's great to know, because, you know, I absolutely this is what we want to hear yeah I think like this is exactly what I I will put my hands up in that I I used to in my teenage and university years um was very good at keeping up with music let's say but I have been slacking in the past kind of five to eight years at least and you know I stick with what I know and I like what I know and I go on Spotify and I play the same old stuff that I know and love right so you know when I am faced with a lineup that I'm like a number of those names I'm like eh my instant reaction is to go, oh, it's new. That means it's probably crap, you know? So to hear from you that actually know, you know a lot of these artists, if not all of them, you've seen at least half, you know, as you said, you've seen them live and they are 
quality, you know, will sing, no miming, you know, no overproduced, etc. They're gonna they're gonna deliver. So I love that. They're gonna deliver. There's so many great uh performers on there. From Sampa the Great, Little Sims, Coffee. For headliners, I think that's I think that's so strong. I know people do, like Maka gets a, a rough ride, you know. Like, like for some reason, at some point, it was cool to hate on Paul McCartney. And you know what? You look back, you look back through his back catalogue, and there's not many people that can match him. You know, you've got you've got no, his musical royalty, isn't he? You've got the whole of the Beatles back catalogue for starters, and then his solo his solo stuff. I, I think even his last album. Right when 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 most bands from his generation are releasing like tired tropes and best ofs, like it was an exciting, well crafted, like fresh, fresh sounding album, which is incredible when you think about it. Right, okay, I'm gonna have to go and listen to Paul McCartney's album then. I I definitely written that one off. So <laughs> listen to that last album. I think I think I think it was quality. I really do, and he and he he's released some quality stuff. Yay. Like everyone judges him for one or two naff songs, you know, but but I'd say he's created so much incredible content, and I've never, do you know, what? I've never actually seen him live because because the last time I can't remember what I was doing the last time he played. I think I was literally in the tour bus next to his, having a jam. Like somehow I ended up backstage, uh, of the the pyramid stage, and I was in. Uh, it was the year that Spearhead, Michael Franti and Spearhead played the um, the the Pyramid, and we had me and my mate had blagged it backstage, and my mate had a, a radio show on on um, Radio Wales, and we didn't have any press passes or anything, but we managed to blag it backstage and do an interview with Spearhead and Black Eyed Peas as well because they were playing, and, and we just ended up staying there and, and having a jam session. It was like Black Eyed Peas was in the tour bus, Spearhead, Tipper Irie, and we just had a wicked jam. But I think, but but literally the the tour bus next door was Paul McCartney, so I think we were still sat in the um I think we were still sat in the tour bus while he'd gone on stage and performed, so we totally missed it. But you know, I'd, I'd be tempted to see it. That is a hell of a story. And I tell you, now hearing that one, I, I genuinely think I could listen to you tell Glastonbury stories all day. We might have to have a separate podcast on that. Because <laughs> if that's just a casual one, oh, yeah, there's, there's yeah, a few there. If that's just a casual, you know, drop story, then I bet there's some more good ones in there. Oh, there's probably a few. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the Paul McCartney thing, like, you know, I'd kind of written it off like, mm, but I will go and check out their new album. For me, I was not a huge mega, mega Beatles fan. Like, I, I realise, you know, the impact they've had on music and etc. And, you know, their songs, everybody knows them. But I was kind of a bit eh about him playing. Um, Kendrick Lamar, you know, I'm into. I think he'll be great. Diana Ross, yeah. And then Billie Eilish, just for me, I understand that she's a, an amazing up-and-coming new artist. And I know that actually she's pretty well established. I say up-and-coming, up she's not. And I know she's got a good range of stuff, but... I think I was expecting, you know, for them to have a solo female artist. I don't know. I just was, I was, maybe I was expecting more, but maybe I'm just old. I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think, I, no, no offence, but I think that's it. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is, it is. I knew it is. <laughs> literally, literally, there's not, because it, it gets harder and harder. Pyramid stage is a massive stage. You know, it becomes harder and harder to find those headliners who will fill it. And for the younger generation, like Billie Eilish is huge. You know, they are so excited about her. And it's not for me. It's not it's not my vibe. But 
But I think as a performer and, you know, a lot of what she's about, etc. I think I think she's a great headliner, to be honest with you. But I'm not going to I'm not going to go and see her like it's not I'm not going to I'm not going to go in there and, and wage through all the teenagers, you know. I mean, you've only seen one pyramid headliner, haven't you? So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you know what, though? I am going to see Kendrick Lamar without a doubt. Like, I am there. Yeah, that's the one I think I'll see as well. Because I've not seen him live yet. I've seen I've seen so many videos. I've been a fan of his since 2010. And he's just, he's just such a great performer, you know? And, like, great lyricist, amazing tunes. But you know it's going to be a great show. I was so gutted that I missed Stormzy last time. I was DJing at the same time down at Shangri-La. And I was, I was so gutted about that clash, you know? And then I saw the, watched this video back afterwards and it was just, I'm like, right, I'm not missing Kendrick Lamar. Not at all. Do you know what I did? I did actually go to see Jay-Z and it, it was a while stood there. I, I might have been a little bit inebriated. And, uh, and I was like, when is he coming on? He should be on by now. I'm really disappointed. And it turns out I was at the other stage watching Massive Attack. Uh. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm definitely there. And I'm, I'm like, I think I'm just going to spend most of Sunday down there, actually, you know, because you've got a really... So last time that um, Stevie Wonder played, like we had to get down there super... We got down there for Jack Johnson and we like managed to get through loads of the Jack Johnson fans. And then Faithless came on and like we jumped, we jumped through so many faithless fans to try and get to the front and it was like it was a thick wall of people but because everyone's jumping around so much and and crowd surfing and things like that we managed to get super close and then in in, in the break between faithless and uh stevie wonder we saw a space and we just headed for it we just did what we could to get to it and there was a, like a, a naked man sat about four rows from the front and that was it he was our best mate because there was loads of space around him but like you've really got to put the effort in it if you're gonna if you're gonna catch a, a Sunday headliner. So I, I'm I'm there for it. I'm gonna be there for who, who else is on on the Sunday? Like Diana Ross. You're gonna be a pyramid stage hogger, basically. I think so. I think I'm gonna to have to be. You're gonna be one of those people who just you're gonna bring a chair. <laughs> you, I, I tell you what, the more the older <laughs> I get, the more I think those people have have something, you know. Um, but. Angelique Kijo's playing on the Sunday as well so that's probably going to be quite early so I'm just going to go down there for Angelique Kijo watch Diana Ross and then just take it from there I think yeah I think I think it was something that a challenge for this lineup uh, and I think uh, Jesse you mentioned Billie Eilish sort of replacing Taylor Swift I think a, ch a challenge for this lineup is is this Glastonbury 2022 or, or is this Glastonbury 2020 happening to years later like delayed so i think everyone is looking at lineup with the eyes of 2020 and looking for bands that that were in the poster and then they're not or maybe they're thinking there's a lack of surprise because we kind of knew a lot of the bands that will be playing or expecting them to come back so i think that's definitely uh seeing the reactions to the poster i feel that, that there's a bit of that maybe I think it's a little bit of both though, isn't it? You know, there's like, there are some bands missing that were on the 2020 lineup and then there's some new ones. There's, there's some that people were really excited about. Like I was, I would have been gutted if, if Kendrick Lamar wasn't on this one or Diana Ross, you know, I, I would be gutted. I, I would accept it because I understand how festivals work, 
But I'm so I was so happy when I saw him back on there. I'm like, right. So, but it's exactly exactly this feeling that I think uh, uh, that I'm trying to say. I think that that this poster, this lineup has this challenge because there's the expectation set back in 2020, and then you need to keep it fresh as well. And I think maybe they did it. Uh, yeah, I think they did a great job. Honestly, I was I was super impressed when I saw this poster, and that you know, there's so many acts on there that, that there's quite a few that I probably won't get to see. There's loads that I've seen before, um, but. I'd say most of those I would I would recommend. I, 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 there's not really any on there that that I've seen before that I would say don't bother. For somebody like myself, who will probably this will be echoed through. I think a lot of the guys that will end up listening to this who looked at the lineup and just generally kind of felt a little bit detached from music because there's a lot on there that I thought, ah, oh, I don't know any of this. Am I perhaps you know in the wrong place here? But You've uh, you've certainly gone a long way to make me feel a lot better about the lineup. Not not that it bothered me because you know I love Glastonbury, but you've got me you've got me excited. You know you've got me thinking right. Actually, there's a lot here. I I'm going to start checking out new or not. I'm, I'm, I'm... You need to listen to more Radio Six. Yeah. basically. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think I think that's kind of like. For me, it's like the perfect Radio Six lineup. And that's, that, that 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 sounds like a bit of a diss, but it's definitely. Not oh no, no, I love Radio Six. Uh, like BBC Radio Six is the one, um, and I, I do think you're right. It is kind of a blueprint for that, but it's what I've been trying to listen to more of. Well, you mentioned the word jazz earlier, and that that put my ears up. I thought, oh, okay, yeah, no, actually, there's there's going to be some pretty tasty stuff on here. I'm going to have to start, you know, looking into it. I tell you, I tell you what, I can I can help you on that now. Like, I mean, West Holtz is my favourite stage, and so on the jazz tip, right? I'm, I'm going to go through this now because it used to be called Jazz World. Perfect. <laughs> Emma Jane Thackeray. If you've if if you've not if you've not seen her before, she's incredible. So definitely go see Emma Jane Thackeray. Uh, Nubaya Garcia is also like an incredible saxophone player. Uh, she played at Boomtown a couple of times. Excellent. Um, and, and she's like. She, the last time she played, it was when there was a hurricane. And I remember watching her and I could have sworn the hurricane was coming from her horn. You know, I was like, wow. Oh, wow. It was it was, <laughs> it was quite quite a moment. Of course, you've got Herbie Hancock, who I was quite surprised wasn't playing on West Holtz, actually. He's playing on the Pyramid stage, which is oh, interesting. Right. I hope that's on Sunday as well, because that's it. That's me done. <laughs> In fact, I think it is. I think he is playing Sunday on the, on, on, on the Pyramid. And then, yeah, Snarky Puppy, like a big band big sound just just awesome but yeah there's, there's, i mean there's there's other kind of jazzy jazzier bits around there um i'm sure shane cootie and egypt 80 are probably on um on west holtz um i feel like i feel like captain is dropping some knowledge of who's playing where and when that we don't really know <laughs> oh yeah i was just about to say have i missed something because <laughs> yeah, ca- <laughs> yeah captain i'm loving it but i'm oh, sorry those are, I, if that's I, a I, I, I think one of his spreadsheet <laughs> contains some secrets <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah if you've got some like like day splits then i think our listeners are going to be like what okay so maybe we shouldn't go too far down that line <laughs> don't don't trust me don't don't take my word for anything <laughs> okay if you say so <laughs> get out of jail free card right there <laughs> um rob just while we're on this I mean, you've got some jazz recommendations there but was there anybody else in the lineup that you wanted to yeah. say i like these people and then maybe captain could go oh well you should see these people i was thinking about this obviously in, in preparation but you know what i think because i only really knew 
the, the obvious ones that everybody knows. Um, and I think that, you know, my position is going to be reflected by everybody out there. So in, what, in just to reflect what I said before, it's, it's quite strange. We are recording this remotely. So I've been listening like intently with my headphones on. It's almost like I'm listening to this podcast. I've taken so much from it already. Uh, you know what? I'm more than happy to move on to somebody else because my, my list of notes, if I get any longer, I'm going to need another page. <laughs> you don't want to fill up your uh, your schedule too much then is what you're saying. No, that's it. Because what, what I was what I was going to move on to is, is is sort of like what sort of stages do we you know are these guys going to be playing because if I don't if I don't have anyone I particularly want to see we've spoken before I tend to go around like the West Holtz Glade or, or, or Croissant Nerf as kind of my go to areas which is where I just tend to discover or, or find music that I like so I don't necessarily know who who they are or what their names are and generally it's not great but I'll, I'll quite often probably forget them as I leave but it doesn't stop me enjoying that sort of music so to know that there's going to be some good performers because what I'm looking for is I don't want to go and see somebody perform and feel like I'm just listening to the album I want to see you know them perform the songs you know oh, that's what I, I kind of when you were saying about the miming thing I think that's such you know that's so it's doing people out of what, what a good music gig should be. It's it's not about just listening to the album. It's about seeing them perform and, and just go with it and, and change it up and, and really make it good. So the fact that the, the that lineup contains people like that, um, I'm absolutely buzzing. Yeah, I think I think you're generally, you know, pretty safe around West Holt. Yeah, that that that's my go to. If I'm if I'm like wanna just hang out at a stage and not move too far, that's definitely where I end up. Um there's one artist on on there who I, I'm pretty sure is playing at West Holtz, which is Griff, and I, I was I was a little bit like, oh, okay, that's a bit different, very poppy, but I, I definitely I'd, I'd give her a go still. I definitely like check, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't stay away necessarily from the live show. I'd be interested because my friend yeah. um saw her in Brixton like a couple of nights ago actually, like less than a week ago. Um and it was because he was in the area and his friend had a spare ticket and was like, Do you want to come along? And he sent me some videos afterwards and was like, We need to go and see this girl at Glastonbury. Uh, and as you say, quite poppy, but like he he was re- and he's you know, he knows what a good uh, you know, good live show is. And he was like, she was brilliant at Brixton. So I that was on my list, Griff, definitely, even though she's, you know, quite poppy. I'm 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 up for it. I think she'd be great. But yeah. It kind of, I, I guess, it, not not exactly the same, but it, I guess it kind of reminded me of like because FKA Twigs was on um, West Holtz as well, and and maybe it was kind of filling that kind of slot. I don't know. It's maybe not fair to to completely um, say those two together because they are different. But but yeah, yeah. I'd, like, like honestly, if I was, if there wasn't much else on, I was there. Especially now you saying that 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 makes me think. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's, do you know what? It's really hard to work out where where some of the artists are playing because they all kind of pull from different places. And so artists that you would be guaranteed uh, are going to play on um, West Holtz will find the, their way onto uh, the park stage, especially. To be honest with you, I tend to I tend to like stay on that railway track, you know, from like the park in Arcadia up to Southeast Corner. That's 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 my territory. You know, there's not often I, I come off path. There has to be a really good band. That's mine and Miguel's path yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. basically. Miguel. <laughs> I was going to say, do you guys think that considering that we sadly missed the 50 years anniversary in 2020, uh, are, are there going to be any surprises? Oh, I, yeah, I reckon so. I mean, there always is, though, isn't there, with Glastonbury? There's always, you know, someone pulls out someone that you're like, wow, can't believe it. 
Um, and, and yeah, there's there's always something that will happen. And I, I, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, I think that's I think that's a given. I, I was uh, I, they did a live stream, the live of the farm, and then Tom York with his new project, the smile, and I, I, I was sure they're gonna be on the poster. So I'm putting that down as a secret set at the park. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What Tom York? Tom York was on the poster, wasn't he, for 2020? He was, he was on the post 2020, yeah. And I'm saying because they did the live stream on the farm the, uh, during the lockdowns and everything, and he was there with yeah. this new band called The Smile, which is together with, oh my, God, my mind blanked out now, the, the, the guitar player from Radiohead as well is also involved. Johnny Greenwood, did I get that right? Johnny Greenwood, yeah, of course. Yeah, yes, that, yes, that yes, could yeah. well be, um, yeah, I, I, he loves the secret set, doesn't he, Tom York, you know? So, so yeah, yeah you could, could well <laughs> be right there. And I'm, I'm, uh, you did mention self-esteem, so this is one set I'm really excited to see. I saw her in 2019, she, by chance, she played at the BBC Introducing Stage, and it was amazing, and since then, she's grown so much, so I'm really excited, and I'm hoping I'm hoping she's going to have a good slot, because I, I've seen her playing tents, so I want her to have a big stage, yeah, really. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she's great. She's she's wonderful. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think she'll smash it. I mean, for me, that's that's a, like a, a perfect park stage artist, you know? I was just going to ask, I don't know if your uh, music knowledge extends to Brazil, because I'm from Brazil. Okay, yeah, I know a little bit. And in 2020, that was like a, one of the biggest Brazilian musicians was on the poster. His name is Gilberto Gil. Okay, yeah, yeah, classic. Uh, and this is one that I actually sad to see that is not back. And also, since then, I've been learning. He was there at the first Glastonbury. He actually was involved. He was he stayed at the farm for months oh, really? before the festival I happened. I know that. That's interesting. He, he was he was giving suggestions and apparently Brazilian carnival was something that was really they were discussing a lot before putting the festival out how they wanted to have a lot of performance a lot of uh, other things involved other than the music so I was hoping that he was going to be back so that I, I would love I've never I've never seen him and I would love to yeah he's a fantastic artist do you do you have any any artists in particular Jesse you're excited about. Oh, yeah. I might get some recommendations off you, if that's all right, Captain. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of a rock girl at heart, right? So, I mean, if, if, if somebody was to say, watch favourite band, uh, my instant reaction would return with ACDC. Okay. That's always my go-to. Um, I really like Glass Animals. Um, Miguel was actually saying before you joined the call that he went and saw them at Ali Pali, and I'm jealous. A few of my friends went and I missed them. Do you know what? Do you know my favourite... Do you know my favourite rock bands on, on this lineup are probably Black Midi. Have you seen them before? No, I mean, you've mentioned quite Black Midi numerous times, but I'm up I've to said it a few it? times, haven't I? I think I just loved yeah. their... I saw, I saw them in London a, a couple of months ago, and I think I just loved it so much. I mean, it's it's proper like Gen Z ADHD um, rock, because they mm. just go all over the place. But they're such incredible yeah. musicians i mean it's it's punk it's metal but it's also jazz it's also probably classical it's like you know there's so much that they they pack in it but they're such incredible musicians um i think i think they'll go down really really well right that's going on my list yeah i love that like i was going to say like the other ones that i know on this list that i love are sort of you know foals um i've actually started listening to the strays recently i'm really into them yeah a female fronted band she's she's wicked i'm really liking the strays they're not, they're not playing are they strays the strays no. i thought they were on a, I was you know what i've been listening to a a glastonbury like spotify playlist not yours so this is probably why it's wrong <laughs> 
but I've been listening to a Glastonbury Spotify playlist and they were on there. So I assumed I'm now looking through the poster like, no, I can't see them. So maybe you're right. And I've got this wrong. But anyway, I like the strays. So there you go. Um, Wet Leg as well. I do really like them. I've got into them. I'm looking forward to that. I'd like to see them live. Yeah, yeah. I like like the tunes. I'm interested to see how they deliver live. Uh, Have you seen Warm Douche live? No, I have not. Warm Douche. Oh, Oh, yeah. I I love those guys. They're pretty rowdy. Right. But like fun, super, super fun and and kind of stomping. Um, Yeah, that sounds right on my street. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I like them a lot. Really, really like Amel and the Sniffers. I think they're Australian, kind of uh, female-fronted punk band. But again, super like just really catchy kind of like... I'm writing all this down. um, Energy, really good energy uh, in the music. I think I've I've not seen them live, but I've, I've... just got that feeling they're going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Fontaine's DC are always good. I've seen them before. Um, yeah. Idols, of course. Yeah, always wicked. Um, yeah, I've seen Idols a couple of times. They've always been like, I can't get on board with Idols when I listen to them on Spotify for some reason. But I've seen them live and I think, yeah, their energy, like I'm really into it. But I don't know why. I've just never really got into their... Real, real strong energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much a live thing for me. <laughs> do, you, do you know? Do you know a band that I've only got into recently, and I, I'm, I'm, I don't know how it's gonna. I, I've, I've just got this feeling that they're gonna be good. Is Metronomy? Like I kind of missed. I kind of missed them. I kind of missed them at the beginning. You know, like I'm not. It's not a band that I'm that familiar with. But the more I hear them, and I, I, I enjoyed the last album, and the more I hear them, I'm like, I, I want to go and see them because I, I just feel that it's not a band I would necessarily go and see. Uh, pay to go and see their gig or whatever but I, I just have a feeling that I like them so I'm going to go and watch them I, I might actually watch do you know what I've never actually seen Primal Scream all the way through I've <laughs> only ever seen Get Your Rocks Off four times <laughs> like literally I don't know what it is about Primal Scream I always turn up right at the end of their set and I just hear Get Your Rocks Off that's it like I, I've been, I've seen him in Hong Kong. I've seen him in Glastonbury Festival Number Six, and I only ever catch the end. <laughs> yeah, I saw them when they were um, just before Faithless. I think when Faithless were headlining the Pyramid Stage, I think it was Primal Screen before them. This is like God, twenty fourteen or something, twenty fifteen maybe, a while ago. But yeah, they were good then. But I know what you mean. That that song is always the one, isn't it? I was gonna say just that. I think I'm planning to see Primal Screen this year because I don't, I don't know which. We- year was it at Glastonbury so you just say probably was 2014 I was there waiting for you to start uh, and and the first song started and everything was amazing but it was raining it was pouring down and I was with someone who just didn't want to stay and I don't know why I oh, that dear. person okay. and I left oh uh, yeah that happened <laughs> do you know what I, I I the one band I wanted to see for years it was Manu Chow and and they played and for some reason I was watching them and then I just just I, yeah maybe followed someone I don't even know the next thing I know I wasn't watching them and I was like why did why did I leave I've been wanting to see that band what yeah, like, I absolutely love Manu Chow I've just got a chance yeah yeah awesome a hard band to book that <laughs> I, <laughs> I can tell you from experience that's a hard band to book but uh, but absolute legend um Brilliant. Squid Squid is the other rock band that I would re- definitely recommend Squid sweet yeah yeah really really good live band them Okay, amazing. Right, I've got some great recommendations there. I guess I've got one final question uh, on the electronic front. So, you know, Bicep, Fortet, I've seen both of them many, many times. Big fan. Any Anything along those lines that I should look at as well? 
I know that obviously DJs are a bit loose. Yeah. They're the big ones on here. There's not, yeah, there's not a lot of the kind of big electronic acts necessarily on there. They're, they're the two that I would definitely, was that, see, you know, you could put Caribou in that and uh, like Caribou, good live, but, but I, I wouldn't necessarily like go out of my way to watch them again. Like I, you know, I, if they're playing nearby, I definitely like pop in, but, uh, I mean, Nightmares on Wax, always wicked. I don't know if that's a DJ set or, or, or what. Um, but like obviously has decades worth of, of classic tunes spanning from, you know, old school hardcore to, uh, well, all, all over. So it always plays a good set as well. I mean, a great, great DJ, Nightmares on Wax. Um, Amazing. And I think like most of the electronic lineup comes a bit later, doesn't it? When they do the individual sort of stage. yeah once you start getting once you start getting more kind of like of your your arcadias and your, your mm-hmm. um and of course uh silver haze and and the southeast corner and stuff like that um yeah yeah there's going to be a lot more there's definitely going to be a lot more but i mean i I'm, i definitely want to see forte definitely want to see bicep uh, they're just they just always deliver you know they're always good mm. um avalanche have you seen avalanches I have not seen Avalanches, actually. No. Oh, uh, the Avalanches are wicked. Yeah. I think I saw them either 2002, 2003. They were brilliant. I can't try to remember what the name of that album was. But yeah, okay, cool. I'll add that, I'll add that to the list. Nice. Yeah, Bicep and Fortet. I saw them both at Glastonbury 2019. Well, definitely Bicep. My mind is fuzzy whether it was Fortet or not. I'm pretty sure my mate told me it was Fortet, but it could have been lying. I definitely saw Bicep at the Gas Tower and that was wicked. Like it was, we, we luckily got there early because I heard it was like impossible to get in. But yeah, the sort of immersive 360 of the Gas Tower and Bicep was, was, was awesome. Really enjoyed that. I wish I'd have seen that. What a good space to watch them in as well. That's, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, they're massive now, aren't they? You know, they were like, the biggest dance band, pretty much. Yeah, like I say, it's so much good stuff. I really want to see Burner Boy. Um, it's nice to see some Afro beats in, uh, in in the festival. But yeah, let, let's see. Let's see what comes out. There's loads. Of, like, as we say, this is just a small taster, you know, of, of the festival. There's so much more to come. Certain, uh, certain parts of the festival are, are, are like scrambling to confirm the last of their artists so that they can release them soon i've got to be careful what i say haven't i yeah you do <laughs> well or not we're quite happy for you to not but you know <laughs> uh, but yeah i know i i know if you i know i know a lot more really good acts that are still to come you might even see triple a bad boy down there but i can't confirm that or, or, or deny it hey triple a bad boy might be there go and see triple a bad boy if he appears on the list everyone <laughs> love that um yeah thank you i've definitely Got some Spotify artists I need to go away and check out. Um, and yeah, there's a few on there that I'll definitely be running to see for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know, Miguel, have you got any more questions? I feel like, well, God, this is going to be a long podcast, but it's all been so no. good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been amazing. I, I, think, I think the summary is just just be excited to get get excited while you're there and, and go around and find new acts. If you don't know what you, if there's anything you think you're not excited, definitely they are going to deliver. Yeah, I love that. And and I think and I think I think we got everything. Thanks so much, Captain. It's been it's been a pleasure to hear you and to learn more about the job you do and understand more about the festival industry. So it was a really really interesting conversation. Absolute pleasure, there. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll see you all front left down uh, at some of these acts. 
Awesome. Well, I guess we'll leave it there. Thank you so much um, for joining us. And yeah, we'll we'll speak to you soon. Hopefully see you front left. I love that. Always front left. Always. Thanks so much. That's been really, really, really good. Awesome. Mate. Nice one, guys. All right. Take it easy. Thanks so much, Captain. Have a good evening. Wow, how epic was that? I absolutely loved chatting to Captain. I'm sure you did too, Miguel. No, that was fantastic. Certainly, I took a lot of notes. There's a few bands I'm going to be checking out online now and my effect, how I'm going to be playing in my Glastonbury 2020. Oh, definitely. I've, I've got a list now. I've got a solid list and, and like a few extras that, you know, were not ones that I particularly requested or said that I might be into, but just hearing Captain talk about them yeah, I, like, I've definitely got a much longer list than I had before. So super excited about that. And thank you for listening. And also welcome to any any newcomer, someone who maybe just, just got the first Glastonbury ticket on the resale or someone who's been waiting to go to the first festival for the first time. We, we have a backlog of episodes. It was made for you, how to get ready for Glastonbury. So make sure you listen to our first episodes and continue to listening because we have more planned down the line. And as always, keep in touch with us through our socials uh, at Glastocast and you can always email us at hello at glastocast.co.uk. Amazing. We'll see you next time.